0: faith february because we are trying to sow some principles of faith into you that will cause you to see god do supernatural and miraculous things in your life I, I trust some of these are just simple concepts to all of us here god will do miracles if we walk by faith you understand that right everything god does he does when he sees his people walk by faith and last week we began to share with you Uh, Some things about positive confession. Now the week prior to that we laid some foundation about how to keep yourself in a position for God to do incredible things. But last week we touched on a positive confession. We touched on the words of our mouth. And uh, we want to reinforce in your spirit and in your mind that you cannot walk by faith unless you get a hold of the place of words in the economy of God. In fact, words and faith are so closely linked together that uh, they're almost uh, really indistinguishable. And, and so we're going to continue to talk more about our confession. I want to teach you about the power of words and how it's linked to your faith. And this past week, I was mentioning to those that were in the intercession time together this morning as we were going up the mountain and down the mountain Um, We just slipped in some new CDs that I had received from Creflo Dollar. Now, I don't know whether you like Creflo or not, but I I like Creflo. I mean, he is a teacher, and I appreciate that. And whenever I just need some faith pumped into me, uh, he is the man uh, to get faith inside of you. And as he was teaching and sharing some things, I actually got some CDs which were uh, from his church on a Wednesday night. He was teaching on Wednesday nights. And really was just doing a Bible study, but it was powerful uh, insight. And as I was listening, maybe this happens to you. uh, You listen to what's being taught or you listen to what's being said to you. But then there's like this other thing going on inside of you, at least it happens in me, that begins to spin off into what I call revelation. That it's like this second message that you're getting at the same time you're getting this other one. And so as I was going down the road and as he was sharing... I was, it was just like I had about five of those roads going at the same time. And, and so I like that. I like processing information like that. I'm the guy who likes it when I'm watching cable news and you see them uh, giving you the news. And then underneath that, there's the ticker tape, you know, that's going. And then off in the corner, there's something else that's happening. In fact, one of the news channels has like three television sets off to the side while this one thing is happening and the ticker tape is going underneath. And I said, they did that just for me. I mean, throw me that information as fast as you can throw it to me. Because I don't know, I just like getting it that way. And maybe I'm, I'm bored too easily. But it was as if that was happening. It was like I had four or five things spinning in me at the same time. And so I want to share with you a little of what was spinning in my spirit as I was going up and down the road. Uh, From the mountains and and coming back home. And I've entitled what I want to share with you this morning. Dominating your circumstances. Dominating your circumstances. Now, is everyone in 1 John chapter 5? Have you found it? Go to 1 John chapter 5. And I want to read two verses to you. 1 John 5, I want to read verse 4 of that chapter as well as verse 5. So 1 John chapter 5. Going to read verses 4 and 5. This is what we read. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 5 Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, it's underlined in my Bible. You need to underline that in your Bible because you're going to need to go back and review that probably on a daily basis. And and this, this text or this passage of scripture that I just read to you says some important things that I want to make sure we get. I just don't want to assume you can read it and get a hold of it. So bear with me as we just kind of step it down and just kind of simply put a couple concepts out here. Number one is this. The born again are created to overcome the world. The born again are created to overcome the world. That's what it says in that passage. Now, I want you to hear me very, very carefully. And those of you that have walked with me for some time now will know exactly what I'm talking about at this point. The Bible did not say the deciders overcome the world. It says the born again, the born again, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, I'm stopping here to say that there are, there are people, and I will grant you, that they love the Lord, they say they love the Lord, they've made decisions for the Lord, uh, they, they, they say that the Lord has a part of their life, but basically they haven't entered into all that salvation entails, and that's why we teach conversion here. I believe that God wants to convert you. He wants to translate you or transform you out of where you are into a new creature, And when you are transformed into a new creature, the Bible says old things have passed away, all things have become new. God's not taking the same old person and just causing you just to feel less guilty. He's wanting to change who you are. And that's what we call being born again. And so he says the born again, those that are transformed, those who have entered into conversion, those who have really had this change happen in their life are are designed and they're created by God to overcome the world. And so if you've never entered into repentance, if you've never been reborn, if you've never experienced that, that could be a missing key as to why overcoming things seems so difficult. I've watched people come forward through the years and we'll continue to give invitations, and they'll come forward and I can tell by the look on their face they'll go, "Well, I've tried everything else. I guess I'll go try this. And they'll come try it. And they'll go, well, I'll say the prayer. I'll do the thing. Yeah, I'll sign the card. I'll do, I'll do whatever's done. And then they walk away. And then a day or two later, nothing has changed in their life. They're still defeated. And they wonder why. It's because you did not enter into newness. You did not enter into being what we call being born again. The born again overcome the world. The world. Everyone say the world. Now, I know whenever we say the world, we got all these images that begin to flash into our mind. What, what does the world mean? Well, literally, the world is how the world works. Or the world system. Literally, we have the ability to overcome the world system. We can overcome the way it works. We can overcome everything that's in it. And if you stop and consider that, it means that every situation you face... You have been created to overcome it. Think about the way the world works. Let's just be real practical. There has probably been a moment in your life when somebody was promoted over you unrighteously because that's the way the world works. They blew smoke at the boss. They did something underhanded. They manipulated the situation. And you looked at it and you said, that's not right, that's not fair. But everyone else looked at you and said, well, you know, you just got to realize that's the way the world works. The born again overcome the world. Now you've got to get a hold of this. Your lack. Your poverty. Your dysfunction. Your sickness. Your dead end job. Your, your struggling relationship. Your impossible circumstances. We look at things and we say to ourselves, well, it just must be the way the world works. i got good news for you. You can overcome the way the world works. Yes, you can. You're born again. Number two. To overcome means you have to use your faith. You have to use your faith. This is the key to what you're facing right now. Whatever it is that you need to overcome right now, the key to it is this. You must understand how to use your faith. Faith is not just what you believe, but as we'll see again this morning, faith has to deal with what you say. So... Your faith is going to be critical in understanding how you overcome where you are. And then number three, to overcome, you must believe that Jesus was the example of how to do that. Jesus was what I call the prototype or the first fruit of of God's demonstration to us of how we overcome things in the world. The Bible says here that Jesus is the example given to us as a son. As to what you and I need to do to be that overcomer. Now I just want to again remind you. I can't get into all this very deep. Because I've taught you this before. That Jesus yes was fully God. He was fully divine. We believe that as Christians. But at the same time. And it's what's called the mystery of the incarnation. At the same time Jesus was fully human. In other words he wasn't like 75% divine. And 25% human. Human. That is not what we believe he was fully God. Yes, but he was also fully man. The Bible says, yes, he was the son of God, but the Bible also tells us he was the son of man. And so there's a mystery to the incarnation. And oftentimes when we see Jesus in the scriptures We instantly relegate what he did and what he said. We instantly relegate it off to his divinity. We say to ourselves, well, sure Jesus could do that. He was God. But I submit to you that when Jesus walked on this earth, according to Philippians 2, it says that he poured forth of his divine rights when he was on this earth. And I submit to you that what he did, he did not do because he was God. He did what he did because he understood how to access the kingdom by faith. In order to demonstrate to you and to me how we were to live and how this life was to be lived and how we could navigate it to overcome the way the world works. So you've got to adjust your thinking right now and begin to see Jesus not as this This person who somehow or another you can't relate to. He was God. He's he's this person that's in his own category. Listen to me for just a moment. While it is true there were things unique about him, you've got to understand he looked at us and he said these words. He said, the works that I do, you shall do. And greater works than these because I go to the Father. Paul wrote in Ephesians, I didn't even put this down, Ephesians 5 verse 1. He said to the Ephesian church, he said, said, be imitators of God. That just went, I just went trip. Be imitators of God. Whatever God does, however God does it. Paul said, you and I were to imitate it. Are you with me? It's in the Bible. You say, well, I didn't, I grew up, I've been growing up in church all my life. I hadn't heard that. Well, I'm sorry. You were probably going to a church that didn't believe that stuff. And it may not have been teaching you the scripture. But we have the ability to see Jesus as the example. Now listen to this in Romans 8.19. Listen. Paul writes again in Romans 8.19 that all of creation is awaiting something. He says that all of creation is groaning and is awaiting something the manifestation of the sons of god this whole world is awaiting people now i know that's in the masculine i apologize lady the daughters of god too but this whole world is waiting for a group of people who walk in such a way that they demonstrate that they can overcome the way the world works Do you know right now the world would be most interested in people that could overcome Wall Street and could overcome the banking crisis and overcome the economy and somebody, if they'd step up to the plate and begin to demonstrate how you overcome all the issues we are facing, I believe you'd get their attention. Now, it's groaning. Is that not true? Is it not true that this nation is groaning for some answers on how do we overcome all of these crises? And Jesus overcame everything, not because he was God, even though he is God, but he overcame it because he was a son. And you and I, once we received him into our life and became new creatures, the Bible says we became heirs and we became joint heirs with him. That right now we are connected to him in such a way that God sees us just like he sees him. Is that not true? Because of the cross. And so you need to get this. we got to peel away some religion. And we got to peel away some error and some wrong teaching. And we got to begin to get back inside of us the victory that was brought our direction through Jesus Christ. You see, Adam, the first Adam, lost the promise very quickly. God created Adam and Eve. And very quickly, they lost their dominion. In fact, we didn't get to see them exercise too much dominion in the Scripture. They were given dominion by way of promise, and the serpent shows up, and they pretty quickly lose their dominion. But all of a sudden, Jesus, who we are told now is the second Adam, demonstrates to us how the original Adam and how the rest of us were to dominate our circumstances. How we're to dominate our problems, to dominate the schemes of the enemy. Folks, we were not meant to be on the bottom of the enemy's boot. Paul said that Satan should be crushed underneath our feet. Now, we got to get this in our in our spirits and through our spirits, get it into our minds, our wills and our emotions. I want you to just to think with me for just a minute. Just relax and think of all the ways Jesus dominated his circumstances. I'll just take you real quickly through the scripture. When people sought to throw him at one time off a cliff, they cornered him at a cliff. All of a sudden, the Bible says that he starts walking and the people just begin to part as he walks through this hostile crowd and they are unable to toss him off the cliff. How many of you know he dominated his circumstances at that moment? The Bible says one of his first miracles was at a wedding when he turned the water into wine. He literally had the capacity to change the physical properties of the elements as he changed water into wine. The scripture tells us that he cleansed lepers. He delivered people from demons. He opened up blind eyes and deaf ears. He healed sicknesses. He restored the legs of the paralyzed. He even raises the dead consistently and at times, to me, it appears almost effortlessly he can heal a centurion's servant without even going to the location the centurion said if you but speak the word though, though it's miles away perhaps my servant will be healed the bible says that one time he comes walking on water he calms the storms he 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 begins to control the elements peter in the garden of Gethsemane gets all riled up when the roman soldiers come to take jesus away and he cuts off a soldier's ear and jesus picks the ear up and he puts it back on the soldier's head after it was cut off and it's instantly healed he literally i believe this he literally pulls himself out of the jaws of death he's able to raise himself up on the third day after being horrifically killed. Now, would everyone agree with me this morning? Jesus dominated everything. He dominated his circumstances. And then he looks at us and he says, what I do, you can do. Trip. And we need to understand, Jesus did all of this, not because that he could just be God, because the scripture tells us clearly, philippians 2 his divine rights were poured out he did this because he understood how faith worked in the earth he understood this and there were questions that i started as i'm going up and down the road to begin to ask myself do i want to know how to do this as jesus promised you see i've been preaching the gospel for 30 years and i'll be the first to admit i've not dominated my circumstances not like that Am I willing to put into practice those things that I may find out? How about you? Are you willing to do the same thing? Are you willing to put into practice what it is that you're about ready to get taught? If you are, then I believe we can begin to fulfill what Paul said was going to happen when the sons of God are manifested on the scene. Let's talk about this. Jesus dominated his circumstances. Everybody turn to the gospel of Mark real quick. And I want to read you a passage out of Mark's gospel And it's a great passage that rarely gets explained, and I'm going to do my best to maybe share a few new things out of this particular passage. Mark chapter 11, I'm going to begin with verse 12, and then I'm going to leap over to verse 20 here in just a moment. Mark's gospel, chapter 11, verse 12, and then we'll be leaping to verse 20. Listen to this story. It's an interesting story. It says, now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. That's Jesus, right? He was hungry. How many of you know, hungry is a legitimate need, right? Anybody here been hungry? You've been hungry. I know only three of you raised your hand. You think I'm going to lead you into a trap here. I'm just being hungry is a legitimate need. He was hungry. And seeing from afar, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if Perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it. Now, in verse 14, get a hold of this. In response, Jesus said to it. Now, what's it? Now, wouldn't that be interesting? Jesus starts talking to a tree. That's what the Bible says. He just starts talking to a tree. He says to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. So he and this tree are having a conversation. And he says, let no one eat from you ever again. And the disciples are over here somewhere. The scripture tells us, and it says that they heard what was going on. They were watching and listening and hearing. Now drop to verse 20, because in verse 20, we're about 24 hours later in verse 20. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? A lot of times people try to figure out when they read through this, they try to figure out, well, why in the world? Why in the world would Jesus take the time to curse a fig tree? He could just find another fig tree. Why in the world would he take the time in order to go through this fairly lengthy instruction that we see here? I believe the key to the incident is not trying to see the why he did it, but rather the teaching moment he uses to get his disciples up and running with regards to faith. You see, Jesus demonstrated here that he had the capacity to literally dominate a fig tree's existence. Is that not true? he dominates a fig tree's existence. Now, bear with me. The truth is we all have fig trees in our life. Is that not true? A fig tree, I put it on the screen overhead. A fig tree is a place where a need can be met. So all of you have fig trees right now in your life. You go to a job, right? All of you probably have a job and you go to your job. And the reason you go to your job is because you work and you're given a salary or you earn money from that job. And that that job really is your fig tree because it meets a need in your life. Are you following me? Jesus was hungry. And so he goes to this fig tree because this fig tree should have had the ability to meet that need in his life. There are times that. That you have to pay your bills. I don't know about you, but S C E and G wants every month some money from me. I suspect they want money from some of you too, and so you go to your checkbook and you open up your checkbook, or you get on the internet and you access your accounts, and your your checkbook or your checking account becomes a fig tree because it, it contains money whereby needs can be met. Sometimes for some of you in business and for other times, it's just necessary. You've got a credit card and and a credit card has to be used in certain circumstances. And so you use it. And when it gets used, it, it can meet certain needs in your life. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry and I go open up my refrigerator. At that moment, my refrigerator becomes my fig tree because it's meeting a need in my life. The pantry With all the dry goods that are in there. It becomes the place where it can meet a need. Your car. Your relationships. Your house. All of these areas of life can be. If we use the analogy. Fig trees. Because I don't like sleeping in the rain. I don't like sleeping in the cold. I like a warm house. And I like my bed. It meets a need. So it becomes so to speak. A fig tree. So let's get the picture. Jesus is hungry. It's a legitimate need. He sees a fig tree. A legitimate place to get your need met. And all of a sudden he sees that out of his legitimate need, the place where he could get his need met is all dried up. It isn't producing fruit anymore. Has anyone ever felt like their fig tree wasn't producing Come on now there's more than 3 of you here. Come on, have you ever have you ever felt like you were going to your job and your job wasn't producing some figs? Come on, you opened up your refrigerator, you got into your pantry and you're trying to figure out what you're going to cook for dinner tonight and there's just no figs in the fridge. Are you following me? You're saying my car broke down. How am I going to get? How am I going to get to my my, my job location, or I can't put gas in it because gas prices, you know, are, are, are high or whatever the case may be. Let me ask you, has your fig tree ever stopped producing? And so he, he looks at it and, and he curses it. And 24 hours later, it is dead from the roots up. Now, I believe, this is what I believe, and, and, you know, if you don't want to believe it, that's up to you. I'm just going to tell you what I've come to understand. I believe he could have just as easily blessed it. I believe Jesus could have come and blessed it, and I believe that it could have produced figs the very next morning. But this is what I believe. I believe that if he would have done that, that this story would have never made it into the scriptures because it would have been too easy to throw that off to coincidence. It would have been too easy to say, oh, it was on the brink of blooming, it was on the brink of producing. And uh, I, I just believe somehow it wouldn't have had the same impact as what took place when Jesus spoke to it and the thing died from the roots up. There was no doubt, there was no doubt in the disciples' mind as to what happened to this tree and how it happened. And, and that thing that leapt out to me was this, that in the course of 24 hours, 24 hours, Jesus spoke some words to an inanimate object, and in 24 hours, he got results. I don't know about you, but I'd like to get some 24-hour results in my life. How about you? Come on, if there's no money in the checkbook and creditors are breathing down your neck, you'd like a few 24-hour results, wouldn't you? Sure you would. I mean, God can move through weeks and months. I'm not discounting that. I sometimes believe it's because of where our faith is that it takes weeks and months. But I believe there is very much the possibility for us to begin to see God do things even in 24-hour time periods. And so would you like to know this morning how you can get 24-hour results? Well, I guess as long as I'm out by noon, yeah. I guess as long as you can get me to lunch, you know. Do you ever wonder why in America we don't ever see what we see in the Scripture? We're too concerned about what time I get to lunch. Then understanding what it might take to get 24-hour results to where you can dominate your lunch. How did Jesus do this? Well, let me suggest some things to you. In John 6, 63... Jesus said these words. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus understood that the power of words can very much affect our natural domain. And Jesus understood what words can do when they are released in faith. You see, when you speak, there is a spirit attached to your words. Now, some of us know this already. I mean, just by way of natural, you know, you know, right now, I know right now, if, if, if I'm upstairs and all of a sudden I hear Trace go, Kevin, I need you. Now that says one thing to me, but if she goes, Kevin, I need you. Now, how many of you know, (laughs) there was a difference there? There's a difference there. You need to understand that your words contain a spirit. There is a spirit attached to your words. And we mentioned last week, out of Proverbs 18, that, that the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I told you that death, what death was, what were negative, fearful words that come out of your mouth, and and that speaks death, and it will produce the fruit of that. If you continually speak fear, if you continually speak uh, doubt or negativity, eventually what happens is those very things manifest because there's a spirit on it, which is why Job were to say, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. But at the same time, you can speak life out of your mouth. And life is when you speak God's promises, when you speak His Word. Life is when you speak those optimistic, uh, uh, confident things that God has said in His Word that He can do. And, And so you've got to understand out of your mouth, your mouth contains power. Your mouth contains and your words contain a spirit. And you can either speak death or you can speak life. And we've got to get a hold of this that the most spiritually powerful part of your anatomy is your tongue. Your tongue is the the most powerful spiritual organ that you've got. It was your tongue that got you born again. It was your tongue that brought confession to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and it becomes that that spiritual key in your life. And if you can get a hold of this, Folks, listen to me. If we can get a hold of this, we can begin to dominate our circumstances. And you say, I don't know. I don't know if I believe all that stuff. Well, can I just share this with you? Witches believe this stuff. Why do you think they pronounce curses all the time? Why do you think they create spells? I know people say, I don't know if I believe that either. Well, then you just go about your life and you live it in the natural. We probably can't help you any. But I believe that there is a supernatural dimension to living. I believe that I am more than just this. I believe that there is a spiritual aspect to who I am. It was designed to have relationship with Jesus Christ and ultimately with God the Father. And I believe that He has created me to access certain things in His kingdom and His economy that give me an edge. I believe that. I believe supernaturally I can begin to dominate my circumstances. Now listen, witchcraft by its very nature is control. But it's not controlling circumstances, it's controlling people. And that's out of bounds. We're not talking about controlling people. We're talking about controlling our circumstances. Now there may be people involved, but it's not. That's the difference between witchcraft and true spirituality. But we know, we know just by reading the scripture, the prophets would tell us that there was divination that would go forth. There was uh, curses and witchcraft. And they would create spells. And the enemy, this is the saddest part of it all. The enemy has more revelation about words than the church does. The reason we don't exercise dominion as believers is because we have not taken seriously the discipline of our mouths. People just say things. They just say whatever pops into their mind. Do you realize you don't have to say whatever pops into your mind? I know that's revelation probably a few. People walk around and they say, oh, I could just die. I don't, you know, I don't have two dimes to scrape together. You say, I would say, you know, don't, don't say that kind of stuff. You say, well, pastor, listen, pastor, you, you know what I mean. God knows what I mean. Listen, God isn't waiting to figure out what you mean. He's waiting to hear what you say. The Bible doesn't say you shall have what you mean. It says you shall have what you say. Now, I want to give you just a couple things here. Let's go down through this account. I think I got like five quick things here that we can begin to implement in our life to begin to dominate our circumstances in this account of the fig tree. Number one, you got to realize that earthly things can run dry. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. Any, anyone here besides me been in credit line and overdraft protection? And yeah, Yeah, I've been there a couple times. What? Well, My checkbook ran dry. My savings account ran dry. My refrigerator's run dry. My pantry's run dry. There's no gas in my car. It's run dry. I can't find me a job. The job market has run dry. Earthly things can run dry. Sometimes you're in the sales market and all your sales leads have dried up. Some of you are single women and you'd say to me, there ain't no godly men out there. Godly men have run dry. Anybody here ever experience your brook running dry? I mean, things run dry. You have to recognize that your source can never be tied to earthly things. In 2 Corinthians, write this down, 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So you've got to realize right now that whatever you can see with your natural eyes can run dry and it is temporary. But the eternal realm, that which you cannot see with your natural eyes is the realm that never runs dry. It is the eternal realm. There is no downturn in the kingdom of God. There is no lack in the kingdom. Everything you need can be met in the kingdom of God. And you've got to realize right now that if you are locked into looking at the earthly realm, it is going to run dry. We've got to get our eyes on another realm that never runs dry. Alright, so that's the first thing we've got to get a hold of. This... This world is not my source. God is my source. Now, God may use a job in order to get resource to me. I believe that. I believe that God may use people in order to get resource my direction. I certainly believe that. But those people and that job is not my source. God is my source. And that's our problem. This is so basic and, and, and elemental. You've got to begin to say, I need, I, you don't need more people to come to you. You need to begin to see God begin to move in your life in such a way that that he can bring resource your direction if you see people as your source they're going to sorely disappoint you so earthly things that's the first thing i just want to remind you earthly things like this fig tree can dry up number two you must speak to your fig tree now this one's really going to challenge you because jesus spoke to it everyone say it You've got an it in your life. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to the thing that he needed to exercise dominion over. That is why when he explains this principle in verse 23 of that same chapter of Mark 11, he says these words. He says, whoever says to this mountain, move. He didn't say whoever prayed before the Lord for 20 hours a week. He didn't say that. He didn't say... That whatever you really mean in your heart, I'm going to act on. He didn't say that. He said, "He said whoever says to this mountain, move. Now, I personally believe that the word mountain can signify any problem, any situation, any circumstance. But the point is, when you pray about something, it's not just speaking to God in prayer, but you need to speak to the fig tree. You need to speak to the mountain. Jesus did this, and we don't think anything of it. Jesus was in the midst of a storm one time and the disciples are all, all, you know, just crazed with fear. And Jesus awakens as he's sleeping in the boat and he stands up and who does he speak to? He speaks to the elements and he says to the elements, peace be still. And all of a sudden, the storm stopped. Now get a hold of this. Jesus lived in such peace that he could sleep in a boat in the midst of a storm and it didn't wake him up. Whereas everyone else was in panic and fear and they were wondering what they were going to do. We're going to die. You can hear him, can't you? You can hear him in the little boat. We're all going to die. It's just a matter of who dies first. Who's going to die first? Well, you know, and and you can hear all of the die talk going on. We're never going to get back. We shouldn't have come out here in the first place. Whose idea was it to... Get this boat out in the middle of this lake. And they're looking and going on. And Jesus is just sleeping away. Listen to me. It's because he understood faith. And he's able to arise when he wakes up, speak the word, dominates the circumstances. Some of you right now, you you believe in meditation. But you meditate on things that potentially could destroy you. And that is called worry. Do you understand that worry and anxiety is the exact opposite of what meditating on the Word of God is all about? When you meditate on all the bad possibilities that could take place in your life, what does it produce? It produces anxiety and worry. And because you've meditated on the words or the circumstances of the enemy, you begin to believe that will come to pass. And then you begin to speak those things. And suddenly the thing you fear the most has come upon you. Jesus had the capacity When he's in the midst of a storm, and you and I need to have the capacity, when we're in the midst of our storms, to not get shook by the storm, but to begin to meditate on what God's Word says, no matter what's going on around us. This whole economy in America could and maybe it will collapse, but here's the key. If it collapses, it's not my source anyway. God's Word says that he has never seen the righteous begging for bread. Never seen it. So, you know what? I'm not going to be begging for bread. I'm just not going to be begging for bread. I'm not going to worry about it. I I, I am not going to meditate on all these other possibilities. I'm going to meditate on what God says. And Jesus did this. He spoke to storms, He would speak to sicknesses and illnesses. He would say, Come out in that sickness, come out of Him in the name of Jesus. He'd even speak to dead people. Can you believe this? He would walk up to dead people and he'd talk to a dead person. He said, Lazarus. You notice he didn't, he didn't go praying to God. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. It's great to pray to God, but we have got to take the step of faith when we can begin to speak to those fig trees and mountains that need to move. You've got to get your bills. I know you're going to feel silly, but you can either exercise dominion over it or feel silly. Strew out those bills and say, bills, you are met in Jesus' name. All my needs are met according to His riches in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the word. That's the word. Speak to the checkbook. Come on now, some of your checkbooks has been talking to you. I'm empty. I'm in overdraft. Worry, worry, anxiety. I will cause you to dream about me tonight. (laughs) Isn't that true? Isn't that true? And you listen to it, and you don't think that's strange at all. You live with that all the time, and you don't think that's strange. Why don't you look at it and say, shut up, in Jesus' name because all my needs can be met and they are met in jesus name you got to let me tell you this is why i'm telling you we can begin to exercise dominion over sickness and disease begin to speak to cancers and begin to speak to infections and speak to these things i speak to you i speak to that joint pain i speak to that area in jesus name be healed and you say well people will think i'm crazy. Until they start seeing this stuff work. You got to speak to your fig tree. Number three. You got to develop the faith of God. I started thinking about this as I was listening going down the road. I just started wondering to myself. "Does Does God have or need faith? That was just a question I was asking myself. Does God have or need faith? The answer is yes. Yes, God has faith. I know that because Hebrews 11.3 says that the world, the world was created by faith in Hebrews 11.3. So God functions in perfect faith. Faith. Faith really is what we would call assurance or confidence that what you speak will happen. You see, God has perfect confidence or perfect assurance that what he says will come to pass. Have you ever wondered how God literally created in the book of Genesis... He spoke to things. Just go read it again. He spoke to the void and to the darkness, it says. And he said, light. Light. God spoke to the water. And and he said, firmament. And all of a sudden, firmament. Land. He spoke to the land and he said, grass, seed, fruits, trees. And they appeared. He spoke to the water again and he said, fish. And every living creature under the sea, create, boom, it was there. He spoke, this is interesting, it says out of the dust, it says that he created man. But this is what's interesting, as I began to look at that. What's interesting is, is that God didn't speak to the dust, he just created dust as a form, but God spoke to himself when he created man. Let us create man in our image and in our likeness. Does that not boggle your mind? That as God's speaking, He doesn't speak to anything inferior. He speaks to Himself in order to create man. That is incredible. He has absolute confidence that what He says will happen. And He gave to us that right to dominion. But we have to develop it, folks. It's my opinion. This is just my opinion again. That the reason Jesus As he was limited in a human body, from all of his divine rights, we know that before he shows up on the scene to do his earthly ministry, he spent 30 years, they call those the silent years, 30 years we don't know much about what's going on in his life. I believe that in those 30 years, Jesus is developing his faith. He's beginning to understand God's word. He's having to go through the same processes as you and I have to go through because if he doesn't then he's not a high priest who can sympathize and empathize with me touched of my own infirmities i don't want to spend 30 years having to learn things just let me know them right away well that's not how it works so jesus begins to develop this until he comes out and unveils himself and begins to demonstrate to us this supernatural miraculous life that he had you are going to have to start speaking 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 not just once or twice this is what people do well i spoke to my checkbook once and ain't nothing happened well you're gonna have to rise up and f- you've been speaking death for decades come on now you've got to break out of the death talk and get into the life talk this is lifetime change this isn't this isn't formula i can yank god and he's just obligated to do what i want We have spent decades putting into momentum, negative, death, thoughts and talk. Decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden we hear one sermon and go, okay, I'm going to try it out. I speak to this. See, it don't work. Well, aren't you just real bright? Come on now, it's going to take a little bit more than that. And can I just share this with you? Most of us spend our life at ground zero We'll speak something positive. This is what we'll do. All my needs are met according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I don't know where that's going to come from. I just, I don't know, but I'm just, I just don't know if it can happen. But all my needs are met according to His riches in Christ Jesus. I hope something turns around. It's... And do you understand? We take one step forward. And this is what you look like in the Spirit. And God's saying, come on, put into practice the faith of God. Come on, the just shall live by faith. God had absolute confidence. We've got to develop absolute confidence that what God has said He will do. Number four, a confidence that eliminates doubt. It says in Mark eleven twenty three, you must speak and do not doubt. The greatest tool of the enemy in my life, probably most people's life, is disappointment. Because once you receive disappointment, it undermines your confidence. When you walked in today, you sat on the chair you're in because you were confident it would hold you. Um, there was no doubt. Most of you came in, you didn't think much about it. You walked down the aisle, you, you, you slid your way into your chair, you sat down, and you didn't really think much about it. There was a confidence that that chair would keep you up. Now, if somebody, and, and some of you have had this happen before, if, if, if maybe at school at some time in your life or somebody was playing a trick on you and you were about ready to sit on a chair anybody ever had that happen you're about ready to sit on a chair and someone yanks that chair out from under you and you end up just right on your tush has anybody ever had that happen now if you've ever had that happen you know that once that happens once there's a season in your life that whenever you go to a chair you'll grab that thing why is that because because You aren't confident anymore that that chair is there. You'll take that second look. You'll take that second glance. There's no confidence. Now, faith is destroyed that way. You've got got to, without that second glance, or trying to make sure you're not going to fall, you've got to begin to have a confidence that eliminates doubt. You're You're just convinced, beyond all convincing, that what God has said is true until it eliminates that doubt. And it begins with the last one, number five, by receiving it now and not later. As I was listening, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and show me something very, very personal. And this is where we'll end this morning. Oftentimes, this is what I've said through the years. I've said something to the effect, Lord, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. Your word is true. Amen. I'm going to be healed. Now, i just have thought that was just perfectly fine it sounds good but there's an element in there that i was wrong listen to me i'm not going to be healed i am healed are you hearing me see that little tense there the ing i'm going to be healed well what does that mean does that mean like tomorrow or next week or next year No, I believe we need to receive it now. Listen, go back to Mark chapter 11. Let me find that real quick. And and listen to what he says right here, real quick. Mark chapter 11, in verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. It doesn't say believe that you are receiving them. It doesn't say that. It says believe that you receive them now. That's what I believe that means, now, and you will have them. See, we've got to get to the place where we can stand in faith. Now again, we're not looking at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. So you see, my lack is broken in Jesus' name, and I am prospering now. I'm not going to prosper, I need to prosper now. I don't need to be delivered somewhere in the future, I am being delivered now. I am whole now. I am in my promise now. I know what people say. People will begin to say, well, you're just just denying reality. You're just not not coming to terms with reality. That is not true. Paul said in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, that this is what Abraham did in order to bring life back to his and his wife's body. It says that he called those things that be not as though they were. It didn't say that he denied those things that were as if they weren't. I understand if you're sick or you're diseased, we under, you got it. I got it. That's real. But you've got to begin to say to yourself, this is, this is uh, temporal, it is temporary, it is earthly, it is in the natural, and it is subject to change. But His healing promise is forever established in the heavens. His word is sure on this point, and it cannot change. And I know how I feel at the moment, but by His stripes... I am healed now. I am receiving the promise by faith now. Now. You say, well, what happens? What happens if it doesn't happen just right away? You see, you're so tied into earth and time. You're so tied into result. You've got to get your faith moving first. And keep saying, now, I am healed. Now, I am healed. The promise is good now. There are days I don't wake up feeling saved. You're the pastor. I'm sorry. There are several days I have woke up in my life and said, I don't feel very saved today. In fact, everything in my being doesn't feel all that saved. How many of you know, if I live by that feeling, I'm in trouble. But I'm saved today. I am saved now. I, it's not just something that's happening out there in the future somewhere. I mean now, today. That's why the scripture says, today is the day, now is the time. This is the moment. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God's not not wanting to see a people who hope it can happen somewhere way out there in the future. He wants a people who will rise up and say, now faith is. Now faith is. You may be sick, but you can receive now your healing. You may be poor, but you can receive now your resource you may be struggling but you can receive now your provision and if we're wanting to see some now miracles in our life and some now miracles in our circumstances we're going to have to get some now faith you're going to have to speak a now word you can't wait don't you wait till you feel like it's going to happen your feelings will lead you a place you don't want to go you need to do something now. I believe now. You say, well, my body hurts. I'm not letting my body dictate my life. I'm letting my faith dictate my life. I'm not letting my checkbook dictate my life. I'm letting the provisions of the Word dictate my life. I am tired of letting the world and the government and the economy and the doctor and all the circumstances control my life. It is time. His Word controlled my life. Now. Now. Now now absolute confidence that if I sit on that chair now it will hold me up it may take me a minute or two to get there but it will hold me up now in Jesus name and I'm just telling you this is why I said 2009 is our now year it's our now year this is our now time. We're always waiting for something around the corner. Well, I'm done waiting around the corner. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm speaking those things that I can't see with my natural eye, but I got a hold of by faith side. And I'm saying it's now. It's now in Jesus' name, now. Now, some of you right now, you need a now, but you're going to have to get a now word in your mouth. You're going to have to get a now decision. You're going to have to get a now moment where you say, I'm, the, I'm shaking loose of, of this temporal stuff. And I am now linking up to the eternal. And the key is, if Jesus could do it, why can't I? Because I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with him. Now. Now. See, what happens is, is, that, is that you receive now and you begin, and you begin to now just trust him and believe him now. You step out. Now you begin to have confidence. Now you just let, you let, you let your emotions not be stirred with worry and anxiety. But now I can walk in peace and joy. Because now. It's happened now. And I, everybody's going to look at you and say, ain't nothing different in your life. And just smile at them. And say, now. It's now. It's coming. Coming now. I believed it now. Just like one of these days, Jesus is coming. He's going he's to take me to be with him or maybe or maybe because of the frailty of my human body i'll go to be with him and i'll pass away but you know what right now i'm saved right now i'm whole right now all the promises of god with regards to that are good in my life and you know what most christians believe that but they can't take the next step in believing that all of his promises are just as true as that one. now come on stand with me will you can you say now Hallelujah. Now, now, today, this service. Don't, don't, don't sit there and say, well, there's going to be one great service one of these days and it's just all going to happen. Well, you know what? It may, it may not, but that's your choice. You can, you can have your great service now. You can have your moment now. Some of you right now need to receive some things by faith. You need to get you need to get in God's word and right now say his promise is more real than anything else that's going on right now, right now. Are you ready to believe right now? That's why that's why he tells us all the time. He says, don't put, don't even put off accepting the Lord. If you've never accepted the Lord, people want to put that off to another day. Well, I'll get to it. And that's why he says today is the day. Now is the time now, now you can have now happenings going on in your life what do you what do you need a now from god in what 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 is your fig tree what's your mountain that seems insurmountable i'm I'm just prophesying there's gonna there's gonna come some moments when you're gonna see 24-hour results if you get a hold of this Come on, a 24-hour results. Now. This has to change. I, I receive that. Now, in Jesus' name. Come on, what's your fig tree? What's your fig tree? Has your circumstance been dominating you? Has it been bearing you? His worry and anxiety been bearing you? because you're meditating on the wrong thing you got to begin to meditate on God's promise as to who you are and what he's provided that's just how he set it up listen you you can say I don't know I don't know it's just like the law of gravity if I jumped off this platform I can say I don't believe in the law of gravity but how many of you know I'm still going to hit the floor because you see you've seen that and you know that and it's a natural law and you're convinced of it Our problem is, we're not convinced. And until you get convinced, say, it it, it will never work. But if you can become as convinced concerning the law of faith as you are convinced concerning the law of gravity, I'm telling you, your life will become supernatural and miraculous. Now. Now. I want you right now, if you're ready to begin to implement some things, Again, there's no, there's, there's no judgment on people. We love people. We love everybody here. I realize everybody's on a journey, different places on the journey. We respect that. But there's some of you right now that you're facing circumstances pretty important, maybe dire, and it's time that you dominated those circumstances. It is time you dominated what, what it is that's going on. You get, you've got to get dominion back in this area. And the only way you're going to get it is when you step into your now faith begin to speak your faith and believe believe that god can do this and when you get that confidence you're going to start seeing change right now right now let's let's just use this atmosphere there's an atmosphere in there in the house of god of faith whenever you come to the house of god there's always an atmosphere of faith it 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 becomes difficult when when you go to places that there's no atmosphere of faith that's why you can you can control what you can You can speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it it until you just overcome it. That's how you overcome the world. By your faith. Come on, if you're ready to have something now happen. See, I'm so used to it, and this is really tragic because I'm so used to sort of hedging, hedging so people aren't disappointed, but I've got to break hedging, hedging your bets or hedging the promises of God's word. I believe that there are some 24-hour happenings that can take place in people's lives if we got a hold of this i believe god would do it just to show us see see now i want to pray i want to pray for that kind of faith i want to believe with you if any two agree on earth is touching it in heaven it shall be done if you want agreement right now now right now i want you to just come just come right now what's your fig tree what's your mountain what is it that is dominating you it is time to turn that thing around Begin to exercise faith. Come on, as you're coming, now you've got to believe and doubt not. As you're coming right now, you've got to begin to say right now, I have total, complete confidence that what God has said is true. It is true, it is true, it is true. Let God be true. And every man a liar. And, I, and you're going to have plenty of people come your way and go, yep, 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 let God be true in every checkbook a liar. in every bank account, in every career outlook. Come on now, let it be, let it be a liar. Let God be true. Let God be true. Now, now, come on, let's, let's, let's pray together. I'm going to show you kind of how the Lord just sort of was leading in me by saying this, saying the name of Jesus. Lord, I repent. I mean it. I turn from a life of doubt and unbelief. Lord, I'm choosing today to lose my death talk and start the life talk. I'm choosing today to step into a now faith. To quit worrying Not only about my life and circumstance, but to worry about your public relations. You don't need my help in covering you. I need you to cover me. So right now, I declare to my fig tree. (laughs) Come on, what's your fig tree right now? Come on, right now, just speak to that fig tree right now. Come on, you just say it right now. Say it out loud. Don't think it. Say it. Say, I speak to this fig tree, whatever it may be. I speak to this relationship. I speak to this sickness. I speak to this bank account. I speak to this career. I speak to this job. I speak to the relationship. I speak to this fig tree that is dried up in the name of Jesus. I speak to it right now. I speak to it in the name of Jesus. And I want everyone now to join me again and say, and I declare that now it's moving to the promise of God. I declare now that resource and provision and power and godly change is coming now into this situation. My hope now is that it will manifest Not going to, but now it is real in my heart, substance inside of me. I have confidence that what you have said, oh God, is true. Not only true for pastor, not only true for the guy on TV, but it's true for me. For you are no respecter of persons. So I receive my answer. As I'm standing here, February the 15th, I receive, as if I have it, I receive it. In Jesus' name, it is done. And now you can say amen. Say amen Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Now, Now, you see... Because what we're going to, see, this is what we do. we we'll leave, this is what I do. And then my mind starts going, see, I wonder how God's going to do this. Ah, he might do it this way, he might do it that way, he could do this. Well, what if he doesn't do that? See, that, that's exactly where it leads to. Well, what if, what, I, you, uh, uh, just, just stop it. Right, just stop it. Come on now. You're going to, you, know, you know what's going to happen, Andrew. You know what's going to happen. Monday morning, something's going to happen. I don't even know what it is. Something's going to happen, and it's going to just, yeah, just remember, just remember that, that voice. But it's just going to go. And you're going to have to say, no, I spoke to my fig tree now. No, no, no. See, that's, that's why Jesus, listen to me. You know why Jesus said, he said, why do you worry? Look at the lilies of the field. Why do you worry? You see, I'm beginning to understand why he said what he said. See, they'd be all upset. Where are we going to stay tonight? Where are we going to sleep? And you go, well, you know, boxes and holes, birds that nests. We don't have anywhere to lay our head. Thanks, Lord. I'm wanting help here. But they always had a place to lay their head. They never went hungry that I can read. They got all up in the air because they had a big crowd one day and didn't have enough food to pass around. And they got all in an uproar. What are we going to do Oh, no anxiety! We didn't plan very well. Worry, 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 worry. Jesus said, "Shh, shh, shh, shh." shh. And they got leftovers. See, we—that's we, where we've got to get in our circumstances. We cannot be moved. We cannot be blown. We cannot be reed. Faith people are not reed people. Faith people are not the reed that blows in the wind. Faith people are those. Who say, I know what God has said. And they'll laugh at you like they laughed at Noah. And they'll laugh at you like they've laughed at others. And they will. They'll chuckle. And you just smile, realizing that your God will be true. Your God will be true. Let them laugh. That's, that's part of the persecution. That's part of the suffering. That's part of it. Don't, 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 don't look for them for your resource. Look to God. Come on now. Now faith is. Now faith is. Now faith Father, I pray right now in these last moments, and Lord there's always such a sweet atmosphere in your house because people 's faith comes to this place and it 's linked up and Lord whenever that happens it 's easy to believe it's easy to not doubt it's it's easy, Lord, we just want to pitch a tent. can we just stay here and live here because it's so easy in this place, but Lord, this is where Lord. we've got to go and fight the fight of faith. We've got to, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. And Lord, it's where you want us to live it out. And Lord, I pray right now that Lord, you would grant, you would grant some 24-hour happenings in Jesus' name. Come on, I can't can't guarantee that because I know how faith works and and sometimes you just got to stand and stand and stand and stand. But I can tell you this, I just believe there's some 24-hour happenings Lord, let that be so right now in people's lives. Lord, seal it in their hearts. Don't, don't, don't let us go back to it's going to. I hope so. Maybe. Lord, let us be confident in your word. Let us be confident in what it is you have said and that is forever unshakable come on now the lord is shaking all that can be shaken in order that that which cannot be shaken shall remain do you have an unshakable faith now's the time you can you can say i'm going to have an unshakable faith i'm going to have an unshakable faith lord seal that in your people's hearts right now these 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 are folks lord that are hungry for you and they love you and they've done a lot of incredible things Lord, in obedience. Now I ask, Lord, that you would teach us in this hour faith and that we would walk in it and that we would see, Lord, exactly what you can do when we're a people, the just, who live by faith. So thank you, Lord, as you do that. We love you a lot, Lord. I anticipate, I want everyone to say, I anticipate 24-hour faith manifestation in my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen, amen, and amen, amen, and amen. See, I just thought that if you don't, you don't anticipate it. See, because uh, we're worried about disappointment, but but we break that disappointment. Come on now, we break that disappointment right now. Why not? Why not you? Why not you get twenty-four hours, Andrew? Why not you? Why not? Why not, Bill? Why not, Rosemary? Why not, Vicky? Why not? Why not? Why not? Come on, say why not? Why not me? Why not? Sure, why not? As if you were the only one, God's going to move for you. Amen. Want to look a few people in the eye before you go this morning and just encourage them and tell them God is doing something now in their life. Don't say going to. Say now God's doing something good in your life. Amen. Ladies, don't forget, tomorrow night, Big Net meeting, guys, Tuesday, School of Leaders, Wednesday. God bless you. You are released. We will see you. Hallelujah.